0: Coming up on Word Matters, when English repeats itself. I'm Emily Brewster, and Word Matters is produced by Merriam-Webster in collaboration with New England Public Media. On each episode, Merriam-Webster editors Amon Shea, Peter Sokolowski, and I explore some aspect of the English language from the dictionary's vantage point. A listener questions a tautology in one of our definitions— and starts us off on a discussion of all types of repetition and redundancy.
1: We have a nice note from Leonard, and it has a question. The June 2nd word of the day defines the verb meld as to blend or mix together. Then the two examples use that word with the word together. Isn't to meld together a tautology? Two of my favorite startling examples of a tautology are PIN number and please RSVP. Do you think tautologies should be avoided? It's a great question.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Tautology we define as needless repetition of an idea, statement, or word, or an instance of such repetition, and within logic, a specialized definition, a statement that is true by virtue of its logical form alone. And it comes from the Latin word, which was from the Greek word. So tautology essentially means in English today what it meant in Greek a couple thousand years ago.
0: Now, the key there to me is needless
1: repetition. Mm.
0: What does it mean for repetition to be needless?
1: I
2: think that's an excellent point, Emily, because... I don't have language peeves with the language. I have language peeves with the peevers. So when you hear omit needless words, what does that mean? We don't need any words. We could be pictographic entirely. (laughs) To me, a word which adds to the flow of the sentence, the rhythm of the sentence, or even just the mouthfeel of the sentence, it sounds fun to say, so I'm going to say it. To me, that's a needful word, whereas other people might think it's needless.
1: And the thing is, repetition bothers people, and this gets to something we've talked about before, on a logical level. It's not necessarily linguistic. It might be just logic that bothers people.
0: Right. And in different circumstances, these kinds of repetition can be problematic And in other circumstances, they are not. So, Amon, you were talking about the rhythm and mouthfeel. And certainly repetition in musical lyrics or in poetry is less troublesome to people than, I assume, repetition and tautologies in defining text tend to be. Should we actually answer this particular question? Is our definition of meld problematic? My argument is that, no, it is not problematic because the definition is easier to understand with that little hint of repetition there. Efficiency is not a greater good than efficacy. So in this case, to mix together, I think that is clearer, that is more quickly understood by the reader than simply defining meld as to mix.
1: Even a recipe, you sometimes see mixed together, which is essentially unnecessary, but I do find it helpful because you realize, okay, these things are going to become kind of one, e pluribus unum. That phrase comes from apparently a Roman recipe for salad that was admired by Benjamin Franklin or one of the founders, from many one. The idea is to make one kind of substance out of these others. And I do find it useful as a kind of signpost or directions or instructions. I understand
0: the impulse to want to strip things down to their kind of barest bones of communicative ability. What is the most efficient way you can communicate something? Twitter used to require that of people when the character counts were so small. But I think in general, people tend to value something that isn't so onerous on the reader or on the listener. There's something about a longer phrase that gives the listener more time to follow what you're saying. bare efficiency can be really hard to follow along with.
1: And can lack style. Efficiency is a style in itself. Just for the sake of it, what are some of these annoying ones? He mentioned PIN number, but also this ATM machine, right? That people yeah. love to hate that one.
2: A lot of times they are particularly rich in acronymic settings. So personal identification, number, number. That's <laughs> what bothers people. But I would
1: argue that
2: even though it is a redundancy, it doesn't matter. and. It is redundant, but it's just a new word, PIN number. Part of the way that language works is that it works in illogical ways. RSVP, please. I think that's totally fine. Yes, we're doubling the please. That's okay. What is being lost by the doubling? Well, a microsecond of your time. Now, what is being lost by your quibble? Far greater than a microsecond of your time. (laughs) We're all sitting around talking about how the language shouldn't work that way. English is going to hell in a handbasket or whatever. And now everybody feels bad about themselves and the language. And to me, that's a far greater detriment than just being like, oh yeah, we repeated the please.
1: In that particular case, and this may apply to the PIN number and ATM machine also, the RSVP has become lexicalized in a way that we don't even recognize in the dictionary because we acknowledge it's an abbreviation, meaning please reply. But RSVP used as an absolute, it's just a reply. And RSVP doesn't necessarily include the idea of please or thank you. It's just a reply that's not yet in the dictionary. And yet, as English speakers, we don't think of what those initials really stand for. We just take it to mean a reply.
0: Right. RSVP is a French phrase. Mm. So English speakers, most of us don't speak French. Mm -hmm. And the phrase RSVP, that abbreviation, that acronym, really means tell me if you're coming. I'm inviting you to something. Tell me if you're coming. And I feel like if I don't say please RSVP... It's rude. <laughs> yeah.
2: What's also interesting there is that not only has RSVP become lexicalized, but it's taken from another language. And one of the right. things that English is very good at is that when we borrow from another language, we put our own syntactical structure on. it. A classic case of this is hoi ploi. It's a phrase from the Greek meaning the many. And some people, when they like to show off their knowledge of Greek, say, well, you shouldn't say the hoi ploi because it's the, the many. Because <laughs> hoi means the and ploi means many or people. But we're not actually speaking in Greek. We're using a Greek phrase in an English context. And so the (laughs) hoet is actually quite natural. And it's in line with what English does when it borrows phrases or words from other languages quite often.
1: You remind me of a favorite in-house joke in the bilingual department at Merriam-Webster years back. To this day, I still use this, although all of my colleagues from those years have moved on. There was a restaurant downtown in Springfield that used to have a little slate or chalkboard outside that would have the soup of the day. And it would say, soup du jour of the day. Of course, my colleagues are lexicographers. We would go in there once a week or whatever, and we didn't have a conversation about it. They would just say, the soup du jour of the day. And so that became like a fixed phrase, soup du jour of the day. Because, of course, soup means soup, but du jour means of the day. But clearly, these people had felt that soup du jour simply meant special soup, the soup that is not on the menu. And again, it was therefore, for them, lexicalized in a way that had nothing to do with the words meaning in French, because who cares? We're in Springfield, Massachusetts, and soup du jour of the day was easily understood. It is a little bit funny. I have to say to this day, I still reflexively say soup du jour of the day if it ever comes into my conversation.
0: It's a great example. Again, like RSVP, it's this foreign phrasing that is being brought into the language and taking on a use that's really actually distinct from its
1: source. It is distinct because it's English now.
0: listening to Word Matters. I'm Emily Brewster. Next up, more on the language's repetitious ways. Word Matters is produced by Merriam-Webster in collaboration with New England Public Media.
1: Word Matters listeners get 25% off all dictionaries and books at shop.merriam-webster.com by using the promo code MATTERS at checkout. That's MATTERS, M-A-T-T-E-R-S, at shop.merriam-webster.com.
2: I'm and Shea. Do you have a question about the origin, history, or meaning of a word? Email us at wordmatters at m-w.com.
1: I'm Peter Sokolowski. Join me every day for The Word of the Day, a brief look at the history and definition of one word, available at merriam-webster.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more podcasts from New England Public Media, visit the NEPM Podcast Hub at NEPM.org.
0: We continue our discussion of tautologies, redundancies, and repetitions. There are lots of other redundancies, tautologies, repetitious phrases that writers are warned against. We've talked about pin number and ATM machine. In both of those cases, the word that is being repeated has been kind of swallowed up by the acronym, which is taking on its own function, really. And so the repetition is not so obvious. But people also warn against phrases like advance planning, basic fundamentals.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Another one is free gift. There we go. People like to say, people because. Hate that. But they want a sense of gift to be set in stone when in fact it is untethered, as all words are, and is shifting. In a lot of cases, it's a sign of discomfort with semantic drift. That when people say, I don't like free gift, what they mean is gift is taking on new and extended broader meanings that I am uncomfortable with.
0: Um, Eamon, do you charge for your gifts?
2: Well, I don't give gifts to people, but if I did, I would charge for them. (laughs) Just kidding. Nobody (laughs) wants gifts from me. He
1: pays in friendship.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Redundancy is useful sometimes, and it can also be overdone.
1: Well, and here's the thing. With the case of free gift, I think you start on a slightly different path, which is the language of marketing or salesmanship. People can become sensitive to and be annoyed by because they feel like, okay, you're kind of bending the language to sell me something. And I think there is a kind of marketing tactic to use language in this way to kind of induce you in one way or another. And some of it's laughable and funny, and some of it's kind of gray and boring. Some of it is noticeable and annoying. Free gift kind of falls into that category because no one would really say that in the context of a birthday party or Christmas or whatever. But they would in the case of, oh, if you buy this, you get this. right? And so there's a transaction. So it becomes a a kind of a different thing, not just a language peeve or problem, but a kind of a conceptual idea that you might feel defensive about or wary about.
0: I think you're exactly right. And again, this is about context. We are, I think, especially wary of language from advertising and from business. Those are, I think, two kinds of jargon that turn people off Usually. more than other kinds of jargon do. It's because we feel like we're liable to be victimized in some way, <laughs> exactly. right? that they are using their tricky language to put us in circumstances that we did not mean to sign up for.
1: Many examples, at least one I remember just as a kid. We just repeated it all the time because it was so funny. It was it was like dinner knives, table settings that we had, and either the label or the package said genuine simulated plastic wood handles. <laughs> <laughs> that was just someone in marketing just basically using words to fill space. Yes, it is a handle. Because of that sequence of words was funny to us as kids, I still remember it to this day. It falls in the category of this marketing mess of language The word tautology, I think, has a negative connotation for sure. If something's pleasant, then you want to revisit it. You don't want to regurgitate it. Regurgitate is another negative way of experiencing something twice or repeating something. And so a tautology has got a clear, to me, negative connotation. Right.
0: As does redundancy. Of course. There's the Department of Redundancy department.
1: The point is you don't need it.
0: Meanwhile, repetition, I think, is looked upon more charitably. Again, I turn to song lyrics, for example. Rhythm. Repetition and rhythm. Let us know what you think about Word Matters. Review us wherever you get your podcasts or email us at wordmatters at dot wcom You can also visit us at nepm.org. And for the word of the day and all your general dictionary needs, visit merriam-webster.com. Our theme music is by Tobias Voigt. Artwork by Annie Jacobson. Word Matters is produced by John Vosey and me. For Amon Shea and Peter Sokolowski, I'm Emily Brewster. Word Matters is produced by Merriam-Webster and New England Public Media.